And good morning, everybody. So good to see you out in my old stomping ground. 35 years of my life was spent in this city. And uh, just so good to see you all. Got a great heart for this part of the world. And uh, you're doing a great job. We're part of something very exciting. And, uh, you know, I, I get, I, I've heard Neil's presentation in different forms uh, in all kinds of parts of this country. You are doing a good job, my friend. And uh, flying the flag. Uh, I'm... I'm the son of, of parents who both graduated from what was CBC, Commonwealth Bible College, back in the mid-50s, and uh, who would have thought in their day that we'd be talking about 3,000 moving to 5,000 students being trained to serve God in our nation and from our nation. It's absolutely magnificent. In fact, there's a lot of great things, and, and let me just give you a real quick snapshot. It won't, won't take long. Um, some of you are probably going to Pan-Asia. Uh, I, I know uh, Pastor John and Francine and myself and a number of us are are shooting over there on uh, Sunday night on Monday. Our missionaries, we've got around 200 field workers on the ground around the nations these days. Uh, You have contributed multiple millions per year to help them do it. And that's very, very exciting. Our our, our, um, state conferences last year, Queensland was one of the six states, all of whom had record numbers in attendance. Every state. God is doing something in our nation. God is doing something amongst us, which was very exciting. In fact, um, I was so inspired by what Queensland did with the, um, uh, with the state conference, having Aussie speakers. Well, two of them are Kiwis who are trying to be Australians. Uh, but uh, the, the, uh, you know, the fact that, that, that you guys just, just bought into that, next, next year at National Conference, we're having all Australians. And uh, um, in, in fact... It's a way amazing how God leads us, and that's a long story in itself. But, uh, you know, we have, a, we have key voices in our nation that travel the world, taken to the world and showing people how to do church, and yet we import from somewhere else. Uh, you know, there's something wrong with that picture. And so, um, so I just figured we're actually we're calling next year, take another look. And there are a number of areas which I'm actually very prayerful about what we as a movement of people need to have a look at, a fresh look. And they will obviously be things like the church, like society, like leadership. And I'm, I'm going to believe God. They're going to find the clearest voice on each of those subjects, and they're going to speak once into those, that area and really create quite a mosaic to stir within us a prophetic, fresh look. You know, I like what Habakkuk says, I'm going to stand and see what God will say to me. And, uh, and so we're, we're going to have a, a great time. But before then, your state conference with my mad Indian mate, Sam Chan, uh, you know, uh, the guy can preach. Seriously, you know, he's funny, he's cheeky, he's insightful, you know, he, he does help churches with structure, but I tell you what, I've been in places where he has preached, preached. He's a preacher's preacher, uh, and uh, you're going to be blessed, and you would seriously be crazy. In fact, you, t- you, you told us when you got your credential, you would attend state and national conferences, and you're Christian, so we're looking forward to seeing you all there, all right? So, uh, that, and uh, John can pay me later for that one. Um, Here's the good news. Um, Of all the things, you know, our our census, which we did, our census, which we did in May of 2015, told us that the 12 months before that, we grew by 8.9% to have 315,000 people. If we saw that again this year, we are a movement of 350,000 people on track towards half a million people, which is absolutely, again, if you talk about where I grew up in this, you know, I grew up in 1973 when we had 7,000 people. This is, Alan Morris, this is astronomical. My goodness. Seriously. Uh, and and, and uh, 
uh, my office, I, I particularly got involved in this space just in the last week, and I lobbied the Australian Bureau of Statistics, who, who committed to, uh, rather than us just being lost in the other, outside of the Catholics, our movement alone, without all the other Pentecostals, are the second highest attending group of people in church every weekend. And, and I said, for us to not be included, there's something wrong with that. They came back and they agreed. I told them the Pentecostals are the fastest growing group of, of believers on the planet. They, they researched it, came back, said, we actually, we agree. And so the Pentecostals have their own ma- master box. And then under that, they've allowed us, to, I think, seven of the other key movements, obviously C3 and co., they, they're, they're, they're all going to be in there. I will send you a very clear explanation in the next few days. Please, I know it's admin and admin's from the devil, but hey, uh, <laughs> help, <laughs> humor me. Uh, uh, People like Mark Edwards, John Hunt, Wayne O'Connor, we actually have to be in, the, in offices of key government people, and we need to have the data to back up our position, and you can help us. All right? Oh, government doesn't. Yeah, well, because you don't believe in admin because it's from the devil. No, let, let's do this together. And, you know, sometimes we don't get our story told because we don't even know our story. So let's get it told. Let's make it clear. And some real simple, practical things that you can do to get this message out. Um, so, so there's a lot of other good things. People, I was stopped at the door as I walked in. Adam Price says, I'm looking forward to that road trip for the men. So we changed that two weeks ago. Thanks for reading the email, Adam. Uh, <laughs> it's from the devil. It's from the devil, those emails. Uh, um, so um, we decided uh, that, um, that, that there's a, a more efficient way of, uh, of getting our message out to, uh, to churches, I, have a, I, I, I carry this weight in my heart for Australian men because I don't think we, the church, are even doing a brilliant job at reaching men within the church, let alone from outside the church. And I want to start a conversation. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but I believe that we have, uh, we have a nation full of men with an orphan's heart. I believe that, that uh, we've seen incredible things with our children, our youth, and our women. Thank God for it. This isn't a competition. It's just saying, come on, let's, let's, let's help guys press into what God has for them. You know, because there's too many people hurting themselves, their families, and everything else. And uh, I think if we can spark the uh, revolution, Joel 2, outpouring of the Spirit by Joel 3, there's a call for the waking up of mighty men. And uh, I want to somehow be part of that. Um, and uh, I'd like you to help me, leaders. You're the gatekeepers into your community, and uh, I, we want to start a conversation. So look out. Hopefully, Pastor John will give us in Queensland. We'll find some space over a lunch or somewhere where we can just have a chat, and we'll see where it goes from there. The other big thing that's happening across the movement right now is um, James McPherson is helping us start to rally the troops again in our university campuses. Thank God for what's happening there, but that's 3,000 and maybe 10,000 one day of hundreds of thousands of kids in secular universities that need Jesus. Uh, they're being told everything other than he be in the way, the truth, and the life. And, um, and so we, we really want to have a presence on there. We've got a growing number of campuses where students for Christ, we just decided they were students and we wanted them to be for Christ. So we've resurrected the old name. And, uh, and so not in, part, in competition with Red Frogs, but rather in partnership, we want to do some great things there. So look, there's a lot of, there's a lot of amazing things happening. And um, really, can I tell you, ACC is you. It's a celebration of you, all right? 
We are autonomous churches, but we have chosen to be in cooperative fellowship. And, uh, and the fact that you're here says that. And so I want to speak not so much about a movement. You know, um, there's a lot we can tell you. There's a lot of great things. I've got friends here that sit around tables with me, and we can tell you. It, it, we've, we're actually doing okay. We just want more. But you know the key? Here it is. God's plan for the planet is the local church. I'm a local church pastor, um, and, and what I do beyond that really just comes out of my passion here, and I want every church to absolutely thrive. Now, let me take it a little further. You know the key to your church thriving? You. It's you. It's you. And I want to talk to you about you. One of the greatest uh, catalytic forces in your church is you. But listen, I got some bad news. One of the greatest roadblocks to the progress of the kingdom of God in your church is you. And I want to take you to a thought today out of 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18, I want to show you how I believe that it's not just you, it's what's happening in between those two magnificent ears of yours, which may or may not be the biggest problem in your church. Still love me? It's mindsets of leaders. If you're taking notes, I'd like you to both write this down. Whatever forms or controls your thinking will shape your opinions, your relationships, and your future. Your thinking. I want to talk about leaders' mindsets. 1 Kings 18, here's the verse. We're going to dive straight into it. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver? Say, waver. Come on, say, waver. Respond like you want people to respond to you, preacher. It's amazing how we flip from when we're preacher to when we're listener. I refuse to be part of a movement that does that. Come on, state conference, sitting there doing Facebook. Come on, lean in. Get behind your state president. Get behind the preacher. All right. Anyway, it's no wonder some churches. Anyway, move on, Wayne. Say waver. Ah, how long will you waver between two? Say two. Two opinions. Listen to this. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, Follow him. God, help us with this thought. Help us understand it. Help us move forward. Renew our minds, I pray. Everyone said? Classic scene in the Old Testament. Showdown up on Mount Carmel. Elijah's challenging the people of God, in particular, the prophets, the seers. And he asked the question, how long will you waver between Two opinions. An argument happens because of two opinions. Wars start because of two opinions. Paul writes to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians, and he says in chapter 10, strongholds exist because of the tension that, that, that dominates the mind between two opinions. How long will you waver? How long will you wait? The call is, if God is God, follow him. Follow him means, means there's momentum and there's direction and there's energy. It means I'm going somewhere with confidence. I'm going to follow him. If God is God and God is God, someone say amen, amen. then follow him. But he said, the trouble is you are wavering. Oh, I like this. We're going to talk about the waver because the Hebrew word for waver means dance. 
Now, I was born without timing, so I'm not going to demonstrate. But, but there's this merry dance. Is it this one or is it this one? Is it this one? And, 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 and Elijah's saying, you know what? Some of you think God is God and you're going that way. And some of you think Baal is God and you're going that way. And you're living on this pendulum. How long do you dance between the two opinions? And this dance of indecision is the source of so much tension and confusion within leadership of local churches. The dance of indecision. We send our life swinging from one extreme to the other. What's the latest book? What's the latest podcast? What's the latest conference? Is it grace or is it truth? Right now, this whole issue of, of, of marriage equality and everything. Everyone's, oh, do I go down the grace track? Do I go down the truth track? I have a question. Why does it have to be or? If God is God, follow him. Is it, is it seeker-sensitive? Hand on heart, Bill Hybels. Is it seeker-sensitive or is it seeker-insensitive? I've been to a lot of seeker-insensitive churches. Is it attractional or missional? Why does it have to be awe? Why can't you have an attractional missional church? Sorry. <laughs> is, it, is it rest or work? Is it faith or wisdom? It, it, I love what Peter writes. He says, add to your faith. Add this and this and this. He didn't say take that or that or that or that or that or that. How long do you waver? Between two opinions. We're swinging, we're swinging. Here's the deal. I drove from my house in Brisbane here today. Almost everybody on the road, I noticed this as I was driving, that, that, that driving even on a straight road is never, a, there's always just slight. You know, there's just, there's just little things and you just accommodate for it. However, if you see somebody coming towards you and they're driving like this, Get out of the way now. Trouble's looming. You know what? There's a lot of leadership in churches that conference says this. And then next one, it's this. And I don't care what it is. I don't care what the issue is. We Listen, and, and, and if you get in a vehicle where the driver is doing this, everybody in the vehicle is going to get sick. And we wonder why we've got a bunch of people in our church looking half dazed and queasy. It's because leaders, two opinions. Oh, it's this. I've, I've been in churches where pastors have got up and repented for that opinion. Oh, I went, we went down this track last year and I was wrong. And I'm standing before you repenting. Next year, it's, oh, it's this thing and it's that thing. Can I tell you, the key to quality leadership and strength and confidence in the pew is leaders that can just, just this, just this, little adjustments, adding Adding, fine-tuning, catching this, catching that, but never this. You know what? Some of the great churches in the world, you go there, and they, they, you'll never hear the leader get up and go, oh, I was so wrong. You know, that's, that's so wrong. No, no, no. God is going, follow him. We're on, we know where we're going. Little adjustments, picked up, catching it, celebrating it. I get with people, you know, I say, how are you going? Oh, I reckon we've turned a corner. I reckon we've turned a corner. I said, you turn so many corners, you're going in circles, mate. 
How long do you waver between two opinions? If, if you are forever swinging, listen, you're going to lose the confidence of your people. And hear me, I like Sam Chan. I told you, he's, he's, he's awesome. He'll be at the state conference. There's a free one. 20 bucks every time, John. Uh, Sam says, everything moves at the speed of trust. Everything moves at the speed of trust. And I think there's something about consistency. I think there's something about confidence. I think there's, there's something about focus in leaders that's rather than this. How long do you waver? How long do you waver? James, James addresses this. James chapter 1. Flick with me. James chapter 1. You're doing a session on, if you're doing a series or any teaching on prayer at the moment, you do need to take your people at some stage to James chapter 1. Let me read to you verse 6 through to 8. He says, speaking in the context of prayer, he's asking, you know, ask this from God. And he goes to verse 6, he says, when you ask, there you go, he assumes we pray. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt. This is the waiver. You must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person, which person? The one that doubts. The one that's moving between belief and doubt. The waver, the dance of indecision. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. I don't know about you, but there are a few moments in the Bible. That one's one for me. Such a person is double-minded and unstable. Say unstable. There you go. Think of the passengers in the car, people. Unstable in all they do. Verse 6, a condition for receiving from the Lord is to believe and not doubt. He says, "If if you are, you're like the waves blown around by the wind. Ever been to the beach on a windy day? Seeing them all go, there's something about depth and strength rather than chaos. That person, he says, that person who's, who's caught in the, the, the dance of indecision, wavering, wavering, they're not going to receive anything from God. Here's a question. What, what is prayer that's filled with doubt? What is prayer that's filled with doubt? I think at best it's mere religious activity, which is futile. So God help us. Because he goes on and says, double-mindedness causes instability in every area of your life. And uh, I don't know about you, but I want to lead a church that's built to last. I want to lead a church that's a beacon of hope in my society. Uh, all right. I want to build people who, who know they can put down roots and grow strong, the planning of the Lord and the house of the Lord, not, not this, this unstable, crazy thing where one week we're going off on some weird end theology thing and next week it's something else and I'm having to repent because I got it wrong and I went to this conference and the prophet said this and now I'm having to do that. Hey, if God is God, follow him. God is God, follow him. And, 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 and for me, the key is simply knowing which is his voice. See, see an argument is two opinions. One voice versus the other. Let me, let me overlay this and we're going to wrap it up because I know you're going to, some people here got work and other commitments. But let, let me just take you to this thought. In John chapter 10, right? Everyone in this room's preached on John chapter 10. 
about the abundant life, you know, Jesus came, that we might have life, life more abundant, etc., etc. The key in that verse, in John 10, 10, being unpacked, for me, the key is verse 27. Jesus says, regarding the abundant life, he said, my sheep hear my voice. He says, I know them because they follow me. Here's the key. Being able to recognize the voice of God. So, 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 so the waver, that dance of indecision is, I don't know who, which, which voice to listen to. I don't know which voice. So the key to leadership, which is the key to your church, which is the key to your community, is starts with you. Before you're a shepherd, being a sheep and hearing the master's voice. And you know what? If the clearer his voice, the lower the volume of the other voices in your world. I was talking to Deb before uh, over breakfast and talking the fact that my wife has at Carolee and still continues about a day a fortnight teaching at a little school out of Carolee. And uh, during the years, you know, she came across this one lady that she, used to, she taught her children for two years, and she used to call her the yes but lady. Yes but lady. And, and the yes but lady used to, used to you know, you'd say, Lynn say, I used to tell this woman about her children, and she'd say, they're doing really good, and the woman would go, yes but. Yes but. Yes, they've been really good, but at home. Yes, they're doing really well, but they don't think they're real bright. Yes but, yes but. When, when, when we learn the master's voice, We, we don't go, yes, but. That's the way the doubt is. It's yes and amen. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. I sent you all an email. Start of this year. I got really challenged about the National Day of Prayer and Fasting and went down this deep traditional path of Lent in my thinking. And a lot of churches... Uh, amazingly, I, I, I've had so much feedback from churches who, who, who took up the challenge leading up to Easter. Our church did it. We did 21 days. We did Daniel fast. And I called our people to pray and fast. I said, pray and fast. If you're just fasting, it's a diet. You, you pray and fast. And we did 21 days. And, and for me, it wasn't so much about what you gave up. I don't care. It's, 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 it's who you turned into and tuned into. And, and Lynn and I, we, we took a fairly brutal approach to it. We shut down all media. We shut down a whole lot of stuff because, you know what? My life is fast and full of noises. There's white noise never, ever stops in my life. And so rather than get up and do the normal thing, which I would do, you know, check some of the news online and then watch the morning news over a coffee and whatever, Put on a worship CD. Open the word. And spent time with him. I, I do devotions every day. Don't look at me like I'm not a Christian. <laughs> but you know what I had to do? I had to stop the dance. Because I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but the morning news especially is such a dark way to start the day. There's only one book that's full of good news. 
cover to cover, it's actually really good news. I got, I got Nick here who's on my team and, and others, and we, we did this. And, and, and I think there are still some things and some disciplines in my life that are still today being built upon and strengthened because of a decision we made earlier in this year. I've actually just need to shut down these voices. Listen, the loudest voice in your life controls you. It could be your past. It could be your fears. It could be that lemon-sucking woman on row three every Sunday. Whatever it is. Hopefully, for some of us, and hopefully for all of us, the loudest and clearest voice is the voice of the Savior. My sheep hear my voice. When was the last time you heard the voice of the Lord? I'm so busy, I'm doing this. Listen, everyone in this room has got a sad story of how busy they are. It's all about priorities. It's all of, listen, the busier you are, the clearer his voice has to be in your life. Seriously, the more responsibility, more responsibility should not squeeze out the voice of the Lord. More responsibility should make you more dependent on the voice of the Lord because more responsibility means there's more people in your vehicle and they don't need you doing this. Trust me, I know. voice of the Lord. What if you get it wrong? What if you get it wrong? How good is our God? Isaiah 30, verse 21. This is really good news. Even when you make a mistake sometimes, that voice won't stop. Isaiah 30, verse 21. God says, I'll be a voice behind you. Saying this is the way, walk in it. Sometimes we're so fearful that we get it wrong, we haven't heard his voice, we do nothing. That's a dance of indecision in itself. It paralyzes. I, I, I read Hebrews, and before we get to chapter 10, chapter 11, about the great steps of faith, you know, all that, and moving forward. Chapter 10, verse 38, the last verse is, God says, if you shrink back, I take no pleasure in that. So God wants us to start taking initiatives, and, and, and we might make a little bit of a mistake here and there, but you know what? He cheers us on. Most of us in this room are parents or will be, and you've helped your kids ride bikes. And remember that when you let them go and you know they're going to go way down, they're going to hit the prickle patch. Doesn't matter, keep going. They fall down, you pick them up and you, you, it's, it's better than them sitting there staring at that bike wondering what it would be like. You get them on and you're a voice behind them and you're a voice behind them. That's how the Lord is for you, it's how he is for me. So my challenge to you today is, is, is embrace the disciplines of hearing God. Can, can I tell you lovingly? Some of you have got too many words in your prayer life. Prayer is not monologue. It's dialogue with the divine. It, it's, 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 it's waiting in his presence. Listen, I'm one of the oldest ADD sufferers in the nation. My brain, I'm right now there's 19 things talking to me. I shut them down. There's, there's 100 things I could be and should be doing. I got to get into the voice, into the place where I hear the shepherd again. I got, I got to, I, I, I just, I need to hear his voice. And, 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 and the way you hear his voice may differ from me, but it's still, it, you, you know it's his voice. For me, it's, it's more often than not, it's simply desire. Delighting in him reminds me of desires he's placed in me. If you delight in him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. We planted a campus in the north of Brisbane four years ago. It's doing really well. And uh, 
it's part of our whole multi-site model that God gave us 15, 16 years ago. And, 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 and I was with, with one of my team and, and we're driving through Rothwell. Some of you know Anzac Avenue, six-lane highway. And, and just before we launched up there, I, I remember saying to, to Joel Home it was, and, and I said, Joel, if we could ever buy land, I'd like it to be there. It's, it's, it was 17 acres beside Grace Lutheran College on Anzac Avenue. And we both, <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be awesome. Last Christmas, back one, I'm driving down that same road, and I saw a sign which causes every pastor's heart to leap. Mortgagee in possession, for sale. I rang our property leader. I said, mate, find out about this. We had five days to put in an offer. Put in an offer. He rings me. He goes, this is amazing, Wayne. It's already zoned for church, for place of recreation. So we put in a silly offer. 2.5 million for 17 acres. They rang us back and said, there are five ahead of you, way ahead of you. But you're the only one that's unconditional. But you're too low. So we offered them 2.7. And we got it. But here's the, here's the amazing thing. Six months later, we had, we had morning tea. My GM and I went and had morning tea with the principal, who's a lovely ecumenical person, said, uh, we, hear, uh, we hear you bought the block. I said, yeah. I said, uh, we're assuming you got it for a miracle price. I said, yeah. I said, you know, last year the owner came to us and offered us that same block for $14.5 million. Never underestimate that desire the shepherds put in your heart. Okay, never underestimate it. So, so get back into his presence and, and allow, allow just him to fan into flame and, 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 and bring to surface that desire, that thing that he's put in you. And you know what? All of a sudden, something will start locking in. And, 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 and it's amazing where that voice will take. If God is God, follow him. How long are you going to waver? And today i got three minutes left. And what I'd like to do today before we go is I want to pray for you because some leaders are stuck. You're stuck in a place of indecision. Some of us are stuck. And because we're stuck, we've lost our confidence. We've lost our boldness. Some of us feel like we, we we're at risk of losing our credibility because we're keeping doing this. My, my prayer for you is that you would just do this. And take your people into the destiny that is designed for you because your community needs your church to flourish, needs it to shine. And, 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 and let me tell you, just you shutting down those voices of doubt and intimidation and everything else and confusion and just, I'm going to follow him. Let's go on a journey of faith in Jesus' name. Would you stand and let me pray for you? Come on, this is, this is a great day to be serving Jesus. This is a great day to be serving Jesus. Church is the hope of the world, Amen. It's the light of the world. You're salt and light. Raise your hands to heaven. Everyone in this room right now. Some of us just need to say, God, I've been caught in that little dance of indecision. Some of you, it's issues regarding staff, and it's issues regarding property, and it's issues regarding... Some of you need to have that awkward conversation with somebody because it's, been a, it's put a cap on some things. Some of you, it's regarding finances. Some of you, it's regarding just a real, a real issue in, in ministry and philosophy. I just pray right now, Father, that you would give us the ability to tune into heaven. God, we want, we're sheep, Lord. We're not just shepherds. We're sheep that needs to hear the shepherd's voice. 
voice again. God, we don't want to get stuck in that dance where we're, Lord, we're here and we're there and we're here and we're there. We want a confidence, Lord, that you're going to lead us into a future that's bright, into a future that's filled with your favor and your goodness. And I pray for Lord, these good men and women that are serving you in this great community, in this great movement, Lord, that you're raising up for these times. I pray, Lord, that you would so give them a clarity. Lord, I, I today stand against those voices of negativity and those restrictions of their past and those things that would intimidate. And Lord, I pray that they would, Lord, step off the dance floor and they would begin to walk with you with confidence, no longer wavering. But God, I pray for strength. I pray for boldness. And God, I pray for them to have the courage to, Lord, embrace the spiritual disciplines that they need for their own lives, for their own households, and for their churches. Bless and guide. In Jesus' name, amen.